Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is Keep Rockin' in the Free World. Keep on rockin' in the free world. Yes, that is a reference to a song that I'm going to let you look up yourself if you don't know what it is a reference to. And that's okay. No judgment, no judgment, because you may also just assume that I can't recall who sang that song at the current moment, and you would also be right. That would also be accurate. So, um, no, actually, I just uh, got into my car, turned on the stereo for a moment, and was listening to some Bob Marley and Redemption song, and I think that's a pretty fantastic song, too. Keep on rocking in the free world got me uh the that saying or that concept is um that song is a pretty deep song if you uh recall you know if you listen to it the words and freedom is an interesting and amazing thing, and I guess part of what got me kind of um sometimes I'll be honest friend sometimes I don't pre- <laughs> sometimes. A good amount of time, I don't have a super well-planned-out agenda of what I'm going to say or talk about on the podcast. You may have picked that up. There are times when I certainly do, and then there are times when it's not as much so, right? And I wait for the inspiration to hit me, and hopefully it hits me before I hit the record button, but sometimes it doesn't, and I wait till I do the introduction before I realize what I'm going to talk about. Very much in the flow. In real time, friend, very much so. And uh, one of the things that I think is exciting about that topic, I guess, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's going to get deep. Okay, here we go. Here we go, friend. So um, I was watching Dave Chappelle last night, the um, his newest stand-up that is on Netflix. And Dave Chappelle... I'm a fan, you know, that guy, he's hilarious, right? He's just freaking hilarious. His Everything I've seen of his is just insanely funny. And uh, and he also has, you know, some kind of interesting backstory going on. And I have watched a n- number of videos, interviews with him, and uh, people's YouTube videos about what they think happened to him and, you know, and him talking a little bit about Africa and why he left. And um, it's all very obscure, I guess, or, you know, he kind of doesn't directly say what he's trying to say kind of thing, right? But he did in this one interview I saw, he did talk about why, you know, just the pressure of Hollywood and you know, he had this his the Dave Chappelle show. He was just crushing that show and uh, had the opportunity, I, I think, and don't quote me on this, but my understanding is he had the opportunity to re-sign or to, to even sign a bigger contract, $50 million, and uh, he kind of just disappeared and went to Africa and just was kind of off the map for about 12 years. And so he talks a little bit about it in this newest release that he did, and um talked about this book which i haven't read yet but i i am going to pick up a copy and read because i just 
just the way he explained it sounded like a pretty interesting book and he said that it kind of describes his whole experience and uh, I am very interested in in his journey and why he did what he did and you know his experiences so um one is you know so the 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 in his in his stand up in this particular episode or whatever um there's some parts that are just straight up like scary you know cuz he's saying all this funny stuff and he's joking about this and that and then he gets in these parts where it's like no he's saying some real stuff there you know he's kind of mixing it in with the funny stuff but then he says some like straight scary stuff right and um and and I guess too like not that long maybe a, not even a week ago I watched Russell Brand's um Netflix special as well I think it's Brand X but it, I might be wrong about that and uh, another comic who I find hilarious and he says you know some pretty crazy out there stuff too and um you know I'm one who I I am open to hearing uh, conspiracy theories. I don't believe them all, you know, for sure. But I, am, I, I do think that crazy stuff happens in the world that it's important to at least kind of try to be aware of, if nothing else, you know, be open to the possibility that these kind of things could be going on. Because in my own personal experiences, um, you know, that's just that's my own personal mindset with things in general. It's like, okay. You're telling me this thing, and, uh, you know, that's your understanding of it. I don't judge you either way, whether you believe it or not, or whether this information is valid or not. Um, you know, I try to be practiced on judgment, and then along with that, I try to test things for myself if it's something I find interesting enough for me to give my attention. So I've said numerous times on the podcast, if you're a, a listener, about my experiences growing up in um, in and around religion, specifically Jehovah's Witness religion. My mom was Jehovah's Witness. My dad was not. And so uh, just very interesting family dynamic in that respect and um, and shaped a lot of, I think, my character as far as my willingness to test things out for myself, things that other people might find scary or taboo. And you know, I'm still here to talk about it, which is a good thing. I haven't been, knock on wood, I haven't been struck by lightning. I haven't been uh, too permanently long damaged by any of the um, alternative mind tests, experiences that I've done, and uh feel pretty lucky about that. So, um, so... With uh, some of these things that these guys say, you know, it's like, I believe that they believe what they're saying, right? I don't think it's publicity that they say the things that they say. I don't think they're doing it for any kind of monetary gain. And I don't know that I 100% believe it's all accurate, um, but I believe that it's accurate for them, if that makes sense. And more so Dave Chappelle, definitely. Like, I, I don't think he's blowing anything out of proportion or um, anything like that. Russell Brand, I, I, you know, some of his stuff's a little bit further out, or at least it's a little, the way he presents it maybe is a little bit more flamboyant, perhaps. But overall, I, I believe most of what he says, too, you know, or, or at least is, that he believes what he's saying. And um, and some of the stuff that he says is pretty darn scary, <laughs> right? 
Um, one of the, I, I, I think it was Russell Brand that said it, but I'm, I'm, I might be mistaken unless I really stop and think about it. But the, the concept was kind of like the, um, the, yeah, it was Russell Brand, the structure that, that is in our society. The fact that like these things are so deeply ingrained into a system is, it makes it invisible to us. So things about the way our society works and the way that we may pay taxes or, or pay for public services, but then we do not actually own them. They are owned by some group that is a privately held group, for example, uh, yet it's publicly funded. You know, he and he didn't get into specifics, um, and I don't have any specific things I can point to around that. But I think, I you know, first thing that pops into my head is, um, and, and you, this is something that used to trip me out a lot. Nowadays, I don't give it quite as much thought. But um, like the the, uh, you know, um, folks that print money, folks that print money who owns the Federal Reserve, right? It's a public company. No, it isn't. It's a private company. And um, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. That, uh, you know, yeah, it's a whole different trip. But there's just, when I start to think about certain things, uh, even along those lines, how there are certain things that we just believe they, we don't even see them because it's just part of the background in a sense. So I was thinking about before, as I was packing up uh, for work today, from work to go home, I was thinking about school. And uh, I saw this post on social media uh, about some, and I haven't researched to see if it's true, but um, but it just kind of caught my attention anyways, like some random guy in uh, somewhere in Europe, I think, who invented homework as a punishment for kids. Now, is that true? How I don't know. Who knows, right? Um, but regardless, how? why is homework a thing? Oh, because we want our kids to get as educated as possible. Okay, about what? About math and science and reading and this and that. Okay, well, that's an... Okay, let's... We can say that's a decent argument, right? We want we don't want to fall behind, you know, our country and our students here. Uh, we want us to be smart and um, ready for the workforce. Okay, well, what? So then, okay, and then, some from my perspective, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, right? My family, I come from a family of business owners, right? Business owners. My grandfather and grandmother built and ran a very successful uh, construction company for many years. My dad worked with him. My uncle um, went off on his own and had a very successful roofing business. He's now a successful salesperson for a roofing, uh, very big roofing company. My dad, um, or my aunt and uh, uncle have built up a very successful um, movie business, uh, movie rentals, even though that has gone by the wayside, they still were crushing it for years after, um, you know, all the big chains went out of business. They beat all the big chains, the blockbusters and the Hollywood videos and all that, a uh, little mom and pop shop. So 
just cool stuff that I was born around that was just kind of the way things were done. And it was explained to me. My grandfather explained to me once when I, you know, I had uh, mentioned one time that I wanted to be a teacher, right? And uh, he pointed out to me, no, you can't live the lifestyle that you've been accustomed to, that you've grown up with as a teacher. You don't make, they don't make that much money. Like these things that you have that you've grown up with was not built on a teacher's salary. Um, you, we're business owners. We, your mom, or not your mom, but your dad, your uh, aunt, your uncle, me, your grandma, we're business owners. That's what we do. And uh, so that was explained to me. At, I'm guessing maybe 13 or so. I don't quite recall. And, um, you know, okay, got it. That makes that makes sense. I still want to be a teacher. <laughs> I, I, I did end up being a teacher and taught for many years. And I've always had my entrepreneurial activities as well. And when I think about education, I think of like, how well did I do in school? Well, I started off doing really well. I used to get straight A's and was a you know teacher's pet and this and that. And yet, um, at some point, right around fifth grade, um, you know, the the social game got even harder for me, and I had a, like an embarrassing thing that happened. And I was in an advanced, uh, in a pretty advanced school, but then on top of that, I was in an advanced English class. And just managed to do something stupid, just a dumb, like reaching over my desk and I fell over and got stuck. And it was like, you know, this big commotion in class and the teacher got really mad. She thought I was doing it on purpose and, uh, you know, kind of really called me out and um, just made me feel bad. And uh, I already felt awkward and, you know, um, had, already had enough social anxiety going on that that just basically pushed it over. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go back to that class. And it, I, the, you know, um, counselors and whatnot, they're like, well, if you drop out of the high-level advanced placement courses now, like, you, you won't be able to get back in. And that was, I don't know how old you are in fifth grade, but I just remember being like, I don't care. You're like, whatever, take me out of the class. I'm not going back there. And then they did. And then it was like, you know, I was in regular classes and whatnot, and then we moved and uh, started all over at a new school. And uh, But that point, I had already learned that, like, it kind of wasn't cool to be smart, right? And um and it was just hard enough to try to fit in and socialize and whatnot, um, let alone worry about homework and this and that. So anyway, long story short, um, when I, I I didn't do that great in high school uh, as far as grades go, right? But I also didn't care that much because I didn't see it as being a, a real important part of my life in a sense, in the big picture. I was like, I was going to get rich in real estate investing and I'm going to be a rock star, and uh, that's really it. And I'll teach music for fun, and I'll play music for fun, and that's my life. That's what I'm going toward, right? And that's kind of what I did, in a sense. And so the traditional – I did go to college. I wasn't planning on it, and I didn't actually really decide that I was going to go to a real college or a four-year college, I should say. Um, until after I had graduated high school, until I was already a year or two into um, community college, about a year into, I guess, and uh, was working for a friend tour, a, friend, a boss who became a good friend and mentor as I was learning to flip houses, who really pushed me to go to a four-year college, and that's when I decided that I would. And I was the first person in my family to, in, you know, my mom, dad, and uh, brother was the first one to finish college. And um, so, so, 
this idea of rocking in the free world this idea of the the free world you know so we get we get the opportunity to choose our own choices right we and i talk about this a lot the burning desire the law of attraction how to create our own reality and then i also um finished we elena and i finished orange is the new black the series that's in netflix original netflix series netflix has a lot of good stuff man i gotta say i'm a fan really so season six we just finished season six and you know at work we talk about what shows we're watching and you know hey you like this one all oh, you like this one and i'll tell my one friend jake like yeah i really like the show and he's like why and i was like you know i don't really know why exactly um i'm not sure uh I, it's funny there's parts that are hilarious there's parts that are super sad there's parts that it just it's got a lot of really interesting things going on on a lot of levels i think and at, uh at the end you know in this last episode i, I don't want to give it away um in case you watch it but it just uh you know just gets me thinking about about the situation in america and then on um the news this morning and i don't normally listen to the news but i happen to catch uh is you know uh, PBS public broadcasting on or KPI, uh, KPR something on uh, the news whatever and um, they're talking about these crazy statistics about how America has like one out of every four incarcerated people in the world is uh, in America like we have the most insane incarceration rates and it started you know with these presidents who um, were doing you know these crazy freaking um penalties for offenders and um even nonviolent offenders you know and I, I try not to talk about politics on the podcast cuz it's such a heated thing and um you know but at the same time it's like there's obviously I want bad people bad the bad guys in jail right and the good guys not in jail that's i think we could all agree that that's the way it should work ideally easier said than done right there's politics that get involved there's all at all levels there's injustice everywhere um yeah so one of the other stats that i heard on the the radio talk show was about uh this one senator who is the only senator who actually lives in a low-income neighborhood and uh he was talking about how the rich rich guilty people are safer and or get a better chance of not going to jail like the way he said it was way better than when i'm saying it but basically they're like safer or um you know from going to jail than a poor not guilty for innocent person that was kind of the idea right and uh that's horribly sad and you know horribly sad injustice right so what do we do? <laughs> um, it's talking about, you know, what the president's planning on doing and, and uh, what they what he's been pushing for and all this. And that was kind of uh, where they went from there. But it's just, you know, the timing of uh, me watching this last episode of Orange is the New Black, Elena and I watching it, and um, just some of the things that kind of happened with that and just how 
how scary that whole situation is, I think. And, um, yeah, just really scary and, uh, unfortunate, you know, and it's, and I guess that's kind of part of where I'm kind of back in like what Dave Chappelle was saying, which I don't think was quite along those same lines, but this idea or with uh, Russell Brand talking about like these, these systems that are so big, they're invisible. It's like the thing that's right in front of you that you can't see because it's, it's just built into the fabric of it all, you know, and we, we take it for granted or we just take it at face value or we don't even recognize because it's just, that's the way it's always been. And when you have that kind of situation on such a big scale, it becomes hard to, to wake up from it and to even ask the questions about it. It's just like, oh, that's just the way it is. That's the way it always has been. It's like, well, why is it that way? Why has it always been that way? And has it really always been that way? And start asking these kind of questions, and it's like maybe you come up with some interesting answers. So rocking in the free world is, in that song, he talks about some heavy stuff, you know, like talking about this, kid that gets you know baby newborn baby that's left in a trash can right uh, because the parent couldn't take care of them or didn't want to but yet that's like the freedom right like hey it's my body it's my choice and you know another heavy subject i don't really want to get into right because it's like i see both sides and uh i don't think all these things are super easy to to decide one way or another and that's life. It's not so black and white, right? There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of different ideas that can both be right, even though they're completely contradictory to each other, from my perspective, right? That's one of my things that I feel like I'm good at is seeing both sides of something, even though they're completely contradictory on the surface. Maybe, and I've had people tell me that that makes me wishy-washy and uh, or duplicitous, right? Because I'm holding these two different things, uh, maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe it's also is what it is. And um, as much as I care, I also don't, because I also disagree with that completely. And uh, but I also see it. I, I can appreciate that too. So the freedom that we have for me means that. I like to question things, not in a necessarily defiant way, right? I'm not just questioning just to be annoying or to be disruptive or to be a problem. I'm doing it to protect the freedom, right? Because if we don't know how or why the freedom exists or how far it extends or the root of it or the dangers that are facing it, then how can we protect it? And with that freedom, it gives some of us rights to do things that others of us would say, hey, that's not cool. You shouldn't do that. Like, hey, I'm free to do that. Like, okay, well, 
change that law. Let's make sure that you can't do that anymore. And there's all these political things that go behind that, right? Because it's not a perfect system. It's a human-made system. And in our experience, there's always going to be the evolution of these things, the improvement or decay of these kind of things, breakdown of these systems, things systems that are too big to fail, yet fail in other ways that are maybe less promoted. So a lot of talking about things that I have no solutions for. Sorry. But I'm also not sorry because that's kind of the point of this podcast in a sense is to talk about these things and know for myself that there are people like you out there listening who have your own thoughts about these things, your own perspectives about these things that are different than mine and that you may be able to take and run with some of these things and improve on them because of your own skill set, your own experiences, your own knowledge. And maybe you've heard some of the stuff I said before, maybe you haven't, or maybe you've heard it but not said the same way that I said it, and that sets you, you know, makes you think about it in a new way. That's what I that's what I intend and that's what I hope is that some of these things I say resonate with someone someplace out there that says like, yeah, well, actually, I know a solution. I got an idea about that. I could do this thing. Or, you know, we did it this way. It would improve that. And I think there's always going to be that improvement, hopefully. I mean, that's, I think, the idea is that we're evolving at some level, maybe multiple levels as a species, right, as a, as a presence here in the universe as we become more self-aware of our position in the universe and who and what we really are. And for me, this platform, the Find Your Flow platform, the book series, podcasts, etc., is potentially an opportunity to shine some light on some of these things that are not really maybe that popular or that mainstream. And maybe there's other people out there thinking the same things and just looking for ways to explain it or to understand it better. Or at least find other people that are also trying to find out and figure it out. I think there is something to be said for that. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. Oh, okay, this person's trying to figure it out too. Oh, this other person sees what I see. Interesting. Okay. Cool. So that's it, friend. Nothing groundbreaking. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. We're rocking in the free world. I have freedom of speech. Oh, yeah, my kid in school. Fortunately, I'm very blessed. I'm very, very blessed, friend. Beyond blessed. Why? Because I'm just born under a lucky star. Because I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Because I'm white. Because I'm a male. Because my grandparents built up wealth in their lifetime. And that I was a recipient of in, in my growing up. And my dad and family. And although I 
didn't like inherit that. I want to be clear about that. Um, I was brought up around it and experienced it and benefited from it, right? And all the things that come with it. I was able to go to college um, and I didn't have to pay for it. I mean, how many people are that lucky, right? So I had a lot of very lucky things and things that are beyond my comprehension for luck that I'm not like, I'm so lucky. I don't even know how lucky I am. Right. And I'll be honest. I think that I've had a lot of guilt about those kind of things over the years, especially when I was younger, especially like all the time, I think for, for many years, right. Just like, I know how lucky I am. And I've at some level felt guilty about it because it's like, well, if this stuff is so freaking hard for me, life in general, you know, during all the downtimes and, you know, not, as lucky as I am, friend, you know, it hasn't all been roses, right? Definitely had uh, my own challenges. And so then if it's that hard for me, how the heck is anybody else doing it? That's kind of, I think, some of the fear, the thoughts in the back of my head is like, gosh, darn it. Like, I'm barely getting by with some of this stuff. In the past, I'm good now, friends. I just want to put that out there. But there's been times where it's like, dude, no, like, peace out. I'm, forget it all, right? And it's like, how could somebody else? But then somebody else in a, in a what might appear to be a worse situation growing, you know, in their environment and whatnot might come out even stronger on the other end and say, well, if I hadn't been through all that, I wouldn't have gotten where I am. That was the catalyst for me taking massive action and improving myself. I read a thing on uh, Malcolm X. He went to jail for 10 years. And uh, whereas jail can often narrow somebody's vision of, you know, already narrowed vision of the world and harden these criminals and whatnot, he went the other way. He decided he was going to improve himself and he got his he got a degree while he was in there and studied and improved and came out and, you know, he studied speaking while he was in there and uh, became Malcolm X. So it's like, boom, there you go. It's amazing. Yeah. So like we all have our challenges, right? And we can't, I think we ought to be careful about looking at somebody and saying like, and making any kind of judgment. Oh, it's easy for them because, oh, it's hard for them because, oh, poor them, oh, lucky them, right? Any of these things are really just our own mind trying to classify things. That's what it, part of its job is. That's how it's, the ego survives. It, this is safety. That is not safety. This per, these this people are good to hang out. They elevate my status. These people are not good to hang out with. They uh, decrease my status. This thing I should own because it puts me into this club. This thing I should not own because it would put me associated with this other club. You know, all these things that are part of our society and our our makeup, our monkey minds, how we connect in a social hierarchy that we're not even aware of for most of us, right? This is all deep programming, deep programming. Um, so school, homework control, institutionalized control, school system, I read sometime a long time ago was kind of made to uh, the current public school system in America, modeled after the industrial revolution, the line of um, the assembly line. Right, working workers who are interchangeable almost, where the the car moves along the conveyor belt, and this person adds the tires, and then the next person adds 
the lug nuts and you know etc and then there's a bell when it's time to start there's a bell when it's time to stop and school being modeled after this allows us to start prepping kids for that workforce that is turning gears out uh turning people into gears right in a big machine and i guess that's part of where i get um a little bit not fully aligned with uh some of the stuff russell brand talks about because um you know he talks a lot about big corporations and uh, certainly I can agree with parts of it and then there's parts of it where it's like yeah but it's also like it's business it's also we're providing you know companies provide services for people people are buying this stuff of their own free will right we can't knock them we can't you know it's like such a weird dynamic I guess it's like the capitalist in me says well shoot then they don't have to buy it right um they, they don't uh, you know, it takes money, it takes skill, it takes dedication and hard work and all these things to build a big company into a big corporation, right? Like I see that side of it because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm building businesses and I help other people build businesses and go after the American dream. And that is the American dream to have a business and have other people work for you and be able to gain leverage and freedom and financial and time freedom, right? That's the dream and own land and do these things. And then, but is it fair? Well, no, life's not fair. Well, yeah, but is it unjustly fair because of things that people have put into place to intentionally make it unfair? I don't know. Maybe. How much How much impact does that really have? Or is that just a, another false belief? Are we giving them more power by thinking that they have that power? Or is it just that things have evolved the way they are and people are all doing their best, and there's sure, of course, the hungry, you know, capitalists and greedy capitalists and stuff. Then there's also lazy people that maybe don't want to put in the work to actually realize their dreams. You know, I see both sides. I'm wishy-washy. I'm duplicitous. There we go, friend. I'm both the rich man who is completely and totally privileged and the person who wants to throw it all away. No, 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 I'm not. That's not true. I appreciate everything I have. And then there's part of me that's scared to lose it. Right? So that's not fully it either. But I want every, but I also want other people who want it to be able to have it too. Right? Somebody, I, I don't like seeing lack. Uh, right? I don't want to see people that are suffering or short on this or that um last kind of thoughts i've been going on I'm sure i went way over time on this this episode um completely unrelated but maybe somehow related uh homelessness in san diego is a big deal right we live in a warm climate there's lots of homeless problems or people who are homeless and that causes problems and uh you know sometimes i worry about that right like gosh these poor people you know it's, it's that's really got to be horrible and tough. And uh, I was walking one day and this homeless man near the office, you know, um, him and this other homeless woman were in an argument. And, uh, you know, he looks, I'm just happy to be walking by and he looks at me and he's just like, you can't even starve here, can you? He's like, you can't starve here. And looking at me like, you know, I'm going to back him up and he's just like, shoot, that's that's great. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I worry about that for you. So, uh I'm glad to hear that you're not worried about that. 
and he it was like so matter of fact just like like dude that was the least worried thing on his mind was starving right and i just was kind of blown away it was just like well dang that's some okay awesome you just made my day guy a random homeless guy who i don't know um you know okay cool and then i was um then there's this other homeless person down the street who i usually give stuff to because um you know it just seems like a nice person and uh i try to give them food and i've given them money and uh and so one day you know i see them and i'm getting grabbing some i have like some some bars like protein bars or snack bars that i can give folks and uh i see the sign and this is a new sign this person has and um you know about to pass them the the bars and i'm reading the sign and it's like oh i don't eat gmo and i you know i'm a pescatarian and uh no no um gmo no uh you know gluten-free um this and that and it's like holy smokes like this person eats better than i do and you know i showed him the showed them the bars um and uh they didn't they're just like no no thanks and you know, and I happened to look and notice that the box I pulled them out of them said like no GMOs, it so it was, and gluten free, so it would have actually worked with this person's diet. However, they you know already said no and didn't seem too concerned about missing out on it, so I just you know decided to keep it for somebody else. Um, but it's just like wow, my perception like I know nothing. I know nothing about anything. It's amazing how I've gotten this far in life. Not that I'm that far. I've just begun, apparently. Maybe I've been doing this for years. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows where I am? I'm almost home, so I'm about ready to sign off, finally, for this episode, right? Keep on rocking, friend. Keep on rocking in the free world. Do whatever freaking crazy thing your heart's set on. Just don't infringe on my freedom. Got it? Can we agree on that? Can we just be cool to one another? All right. Have at it, friend. Make it happen. Live life. Be flowing to people you come in contact with, to yourself, you know. Create more flow out there in the world so we can all be more harmonious and awesome, empowered, empowered and flowing and positive and blah, 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 blah. Keep on rocking in the free world, in the world where we think we're free, but really we're oppressed but we don't even necessarily know it it's all built in the system conspiracy theories and i'm just rambling friend i'm sorry you know what i'm saying maybe maybe i'm just off off the deep end already it's one of those days all right friend until next time keep on rocking in the free world and be flowing